You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast. We go to many 5e books and talk about various rules and haunted gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about libraries. Hmm. In retrospect, I wish I had a book so I can do like a flutter of pages sound effect, but I did not. So Fla- I do flutter, not. flutter. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. Excellent Foley work. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, what is a library? It's a book place with many books in a assortment of orders. Whoa. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it's a place with books in it. Yeah, I know. Libraries. Library. Libraries? <laughs> anyway, you're partially right, as usual. So, it is often a large collection of books, but technically speaking, a library is just any collection of sources of information. So that could be books, you know, in, uh, you know, historical libraries, scrolls would be a thing. I mean, hell, cuneiform tablets were a thing. Like, so it's technically just information. And, you know, when you have a modern library, they'll even have like collections of, you know, VHSs and DVDs and microfilm and just other sources of information. And of course, computers in a modern library. So uh, with that being said, though, what would you say would be like how would you use a library in dungeons and dragons it is a place that characters go to figure out how to find their missing axe and how exactly would a library be helpful for that uh no idea but you know i don't know how to find an axe but i i I would say the library might give you information as to methods and ways for the dm to tell you how to do so Please do keep going on. I'm curious to hear more about this. Like what resources might be available to them in such a library? So um, resources would be first off librarians and um, they, they can like give you a general idea of certain topics. They can pull out books uh, that can give you sweet, sweet exposition. And <laughs> um, 
it's very useful because um this can give your players some ideas and it's a pretty direct way for the DM to just tell players certain things. For example, let's say that a player looks through a library and they're, they're trying to find their ex. Just, it's just an example, right? <laughs> and uh, if the library isn't entirely uh, incompetent, um, you might be able to find uh, some details on perhaps ways that you can circumvent anti-scrying magic and certain scholarly papers on the on the topic if it does provide such things okay i think that we need to zoom out a little bit and just talk a little bit more generally right so libraries like i said is just a collection of information basically like that at its core is how i would define a library mm-hmm. so in D, however there are quite a few different ways that you could choose to kind of treat it because we are used to oh yeah you know every city and town has a or multiple libraries however in D that may or may not be the way that things work in oh, that world. Shit, you just gave me a really nice idea. So, okay, go for it. Wouldn't it be cool to get a curated library where, for example, for spellcasters, there's this very um, prestigious library where it contains every single spell known. And spellcasters often go here to learn and scribe down copies of these spells to make as scrolls or for learning these spells. And you need to pay a membership fee to go there and spend the time to uh, learn from the arcane texts. And yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool, wouldn't it be? Like, w- wouldn't you love to have like a solid place in your world where if a player asks, I want to learn this spell, but you know, how do I do that? This will be a really, really cool way to do it. See, I would actually take that a step farther because information is power is far more literal statement in a world that has magic, especially wizards, because theoretically, any sufficiently smart individual can study arcane magic and become a wizard. Like, certain sorcerers usually are reliant on bloodlines and such, warlocks with the beings that they make the pact with, but a wizard is just somebody smart figuring out how to hack the universe. So, the idea of there being collections of magic is a big fucking deal. For, honestly, quite a few reasons. So, first things first, how powerful or how learned which kind of again goes hand in hand would the person who created such a library have to be so if you have theoretically ninth level spells in existence in this library that would mean that somebody at some point would have to scribe them and put that information in there so that prompts a number of questions for me right away. So again, who is the person who did that? How long ago was that done? Is there, you know, something like the Hogwarts restricted section, like where there are certain books or like certain just levels of power that are just not so easily accessible? Like how you control the information in a library would be massively important when it is literally a way to gain power. Not to mention, okay, how is such a thing protected? Like, how do you keep all that knowledge from, you know, just getting stolen? How do you... Burning. Uh, how do you prevent assholes like Nathan from doing that? 
And like, there are so many questions that can just exist around a library that it's actually a lot more versatile than a lot might give it credit for at first thought. Because there's also an idea that, okay, let's say that, you know, you decide to have magical libraries in your world, but then note that I said libraries, plural. Like, what if different libraries have different rules? Like, maybe there's one that is, you know, opened and run by the, by a church. And so this is a religious library that has, you know, a lot of tomes and a lot of stories and a lot of legends. And that might be, like, the library in the world that actually has, like, this collection of ancient knowledge. So if you're trying to, like, have players, you know, way late epic level kind of stuff, like, trying to figure out how to beat a demon lord, and then maybe you can, this library might be a place that has information on, you know, some kind of unstable magic that might let you sneak up on them, or, you know, teleport to their realm to just get to the fight in the first place or like some bit of lore of a secret weakness like and having all this kind of lore even if it's not direct magical knowledge still can create this very important place in your world where just such knowledge is kept or like you know tales of ancient weapons you know powerful individuals from the past you know um, elemental lords if you decide to have that be a thing in your games like even without like direct arcane magic being a thing in a library having like a you know repository of the lore of your world can be massively just valuable and just kind of fun just for the dm too because this gives you an opportunity also just for you know all kinds of info dumps so if your players ever do just like want to know about a thing then like you can make it known you know in this city there is this place where you can almost certainly find such knowledge it may not be easy to find the knowledge that you're looking for though and that's where we can go a little bit more to a mechanics angle of like how would you treat finding the information that you need in such a library so before i go off on my rant how would you respond to that nathan so finding information in a library i would say that obviously you have certain clear avenues um for you so best one always ask for support be like hi there fellow human i am a human too may you lead me to the section that tells me how to kill humans thank you you know so uh Certainly, that can be found on shelf A, uh, sections twelve through thirty-seven. Uh, may may I may you narrow the search down to uh, genocide? Thirty-four through thirty-seven. Thank you. <laughs> and alternatively, you can um. Okay, so you you can do that. Other th things you can do are essentially have it be a case of you have the library. Like one cool thing that you can do have some ideas on what topics there would be in this library. Come up with I. I'm, this is something very Remy like. Come up with a organization <laughs> system to organize these different topics, like how we have certain like organization systems in real life, or how we organize books by topic by type. You can use this in the future to really help 
um, your whenever a player has any questions in regards to something, be like, okay, here's a couple of ideas on different areas in this library. And I I sure think that if you were, you were using a very sandbox world, it would be quite interesting because your players would be like, okay, um, there's this legendary monster that um people are saying that they saw in this area. Okay, let's go to the library, see any text that describe this monster. And one cool thing about that is that slowly during those ser- like those uh, sessions where they go to the library to check on the stuff, you can just give like, slide in little hints of other things while they're searching. So you you turn to this book. It doesn't seem to be appropriate, like like to be in regards to the topic that you were searching for, but it does speak of a different monster. And th- these little things give you opportunities to flesh out things that you might want to show in the future as well. Absolutely. And honestly, something that could just be kind of fun, just come up with a short list of, you know, maybe five or so of just like random books that, you know, the group might just stumble across. Like the kind of thing like you're just, you know, trailing your fingers along the spines of the books, walking through the library and just like, you know, oh, you know, this catches your attention. You know, this is a book with a gilded cover. And and it's you know <laughs> how I thirty seven recipes too much no, thirty seven recipes for orcs and you might oh. think like oh it's a cookbook you know written by some smart orc and then you open it and oh no it's just orc meat and it's just orc meat and just like come up with ideas like that could be you know amusing to you or you could also use this as a way to just kind of put in an additional plot hook in a situation like if you just you know have there be a book of just like becoming an exemplar by blackthorn (laughs) i'm sorry what (laughs) it's just like this long drawn out thing where it just kind of like sucks his own dick for the entire length of it like and so you must be well thought out, very intelligent, and prepared for anything that might come in your way. <laughs> it's like, oh. I mean, or you could have it just like be a troll kind of move of like, no, Somebody it turns else. out to basically just be a fan fiction, and oh. <laughs> Blackthorn just thought that it was amusing and just let it stay there. Like, I, I, I want, I want there to be a book where. Ten easy ways you can improve your chances as an adventurer. Step one: always split the party. <laughs> no, step one: don't die. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, actually, like... there's something that could be fun. So illusion magic is a thing. So imagine mm-hmm. if this was like a book that existed and it like had you know your kind of advice, unless you did like cast a spell magic or see through illusion, you know, some way to see through illusion, like you know, true sight. So like it has real good advice, but only if you do break the illusion on it. <laughs> like like it's just full of shit. Like like, like mm-hmm. at first glance, it's like. This is just wrong. Like, yes. who would do that? And it's like, wait a second, send something off. And then you look at it. Holy shit. By Larth. Oh. <laughs> but like, seriously, though, but people. the idea of having like, like a book with actual like good advice covered by an illusion, like that's easy to do, like by D&D magic. So that's totally a thing that you can do. Hmm? So why would somebody make a book of good advice hidden by illusion to while looking like a book of bad advice? I'll say that like... it was done by the same person. Oh, I see. I see. That's very interesting because yeah, I, I can totally see something where it's like, yeah, this book is a very good idea if you want to learn about this. And then you go in there, just learn all the wrong facts and get yourself killed. I mean, honestly, it would also be 
a kind of clever way to try to protect certain information. Like, let's say there was just a book that had dangerous information in it, then having you know that kind of illusion cast uh, over I it just thought would make of a, a lot of sense. Different idea. Like this is just more general magic shit. But imagine if books were this were all connected, and it was just this open platform uh, where there's like a master copy of the book, right? Where anything、mm-hmm. changed on the master copy will change all the instances of the book. Which sounds like a great idea because like it gives you like that editing in post that you can get、mm-hmm. that's very modern in in concept. But then you have a book that can be changed and manipulates it. That changes yeah, all the books. and of course the danger would exist. You know, what if there's you know a more conservative group a century down the line or so. That you know, like, oh no, you know, the information in this would allow the commoners to get far too powerful. So we're going to like purposefully like mess up some of the advice in the book, or purposefully mess up some of the spell diagrams to make sure to keep you know the peasants in their place. Like, it'd be real easy to just like have assholes just fuck with that kind of system.、Uh, separate option though for you know a more high magic kind of setting.、Uh, Nathan, have you ever heard of a spell shard? Spell shard. I think you talked about it before. I'm certain that I have, but do you remember vaguely something、so、about、no. storing a spell? <laughs> Not exactly. That spell gem. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, so a spell shard is a common magic item from Eberron. But what's neat about it is that it can hold the equivalent of one book that's no more than three hundred and twenty pages long. So by having one of these, it can actually be used as an altern alternative to a spell book for a wizard, and then you don't have to worry as much about it getting wet or on fire. And it's just a really freaking useful thing. That is another one in the disappointed isn't more common list. Like it's such a cool, handy thing. And yet, most people just don't even know that they exist. But anyway, but regarding a library, so this exists canonically, like that can hold a book's worth of information in the form of one of these kinds of crystals. So what if you just you know homebrew a bigger option? So instead of having a library full of books, you could basically just copy the books into some master spell shard. And then you just have this like giant crystal in the center of the library, and then you just have this magic item that it just is like okay, anyone like depending on how you want to do it. Like if you just like are within sixty feet of it, you can just like access all of the books within it and just like mentally start reading, you know. Or you know, if you want to be a little bit funny with it, you know, you have to actually be touching the thing, and then you just have like this weird. Library where you just have like fifty people crowded around this giant crystal to touch it, but like there's a few different ways that you could do such a thing. But having just like a spell shard library would also, I just think, be kind of cool. Like, or you could even have it just like each spell shard, and there's you know thousands of them, and just have like a library of spell shards instead of books because of the fact that they are at least you know generally more durable than a book would be. But who boy would that get expensive? But You know that is worth considering. Like, how valuable is your library, and then also just how would you try to protect such a thing? You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Nathan, how would you like protect the existence of a library, regardless of the form it's in? Protect a library. Yep. Keep it in a location, out of space and time, where nobody can access it. That way, nobody will ever destroy it. <laughs> that way, nobody can access it. <laughs> okay, for the sake of argument, though, let's just say that you have to keep the library accessible. <laughs> right. <laughs> it kind of seemed obvious at first, at first, but um, I guess I need to put this in. <laughs> so, uh, let's say you do want to access your library. Um, what I would suggest is basically, if possible, if it's easy, um, make your books fireproof. You know, fireproof. Uh, big thing, burning books, easiest way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've heard anything about book burnings. Um, yeah, there's a reason why they're called book burnings. I talk to uh, you every week. I hear about it a lot. They burn the books <sighs> with fire. So if you protect the books with fire, it's pretty good. Other other things that you might want to do is um, use asset-free paper so that they, they, they don't degrade with time. You know, mm-hmm. archival stuff. Make sure that your materials are good. You know, uh, have it all nicely. Make sure that the library's dry. Just general bookkeeping advice. Mm-hmm. So mechanically speaking, though, how would you fireproof an entire library of books? No idea. Just magic. <laughs> and I'll be honest, this is the correct answer. So fun fact, though, doing that kind of large area of effect magic is possible. I'm curious, though, Nathan, do you have any idea how? It's a word that I mentioned within the last couple of weeks. Uh, child murder? That's two words, and something that you mentioned a lot, not me. Right. Action economy. That's also (laughs) two words. No idea. (laughs) I didn't say it was one word. God damn it. All right. Do you remember what a mythal is? M-Y-T-H-A-L. I remember you talking about it, so we forgot what it is. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned it as being something that existed more, you know, back in the day of, I think, 3 or 3.5. I don't remember exactly which. And it's basically magical warding. And it's something that was briefly mentioned in some 5th edition adventures here and there, but not a whole lot. What is hilarious is that just the other week, Candlekeep Mysteries came out, and wouldn't you know it, 
Candlekeep has a mythal. So they actually have a much more extensive description of the wards of Candlekeep, which, of course, also, you know, made us inspired to talk about libraries here. So a mythal is basically a large, unbreakable magical effect that envelops an area in a shield. And it's really cool because like at least for fifth edition they have now made it official that you know it exists with no rules about how to make it which means hand wavium time something that i'm normally not so fond of but does have its place in the worlds of D D. so i'm just gonna so we are gonna be talking candle keep specifically on thursday but i am just gonna tangent to just talk about the wards that do exist there because it makes sense. Fire suppression. Flames larger than candle are suppressed within the keep, uh, with the exception of the fireplace in the tavern. Any spell that creates fire is wasted if it is cast within the keep. So there you go. They agree with you. Fire bad around books. But but it, it doesn't mention non-fire magic. Oh, uh, no, wait, that's specifically to stop you from casting fire. It doesn't yes. it, it still protects against general fire. I see, I see. Yeah, just there can be no fire larger than a candle. So even if theoretically, like the corner of a book lit on fire, as the second it got larger than a candle sized flame, it would instantly get snuffed out. You just need a lot of candles. <sighs> but without touching, because if they touch and become bigger yeah. than a single candle flame. <laughs> no, you just need to bring in a really large candle, you know? <laughs> well, again, it's flames larger than a candle. Oh, so if you just no, have a no, large okay. flame, just ah, damn you know, it. stuffed out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but I don't think that you're going to outthink, you know, the mages of Candlekeep. <laughs> So one other very important uh, aspect of the ward is one that you did not mention, which is theft protection. Every book, scroll, and other work considered part of Candlekeep's collection is magically protected against theft. Any such work that is removed from the keep disappears and immediately returns to its proper place in the library. That is a good idea. Good on them for coming up with that one. I mean, who, who would steal books, man? Who would steal books? <sighs> immediately just turn and stare at you. Hey, don't look at me. I wouldn't steal no books. I'm a respected member of society. Bullshit. <laughs> and to be honest, there's more uh, just to the wards, but I wanted to just poke at those two in particular, just to prove that even in the official version of things, they agree with you. Fire bad. So well done on that one, Nathan. But anyway, uh, more about just libraries in general. So I did talk about the, you know, having a library dedicated to lore might be a cool idea. And we talked earlier about, you know, library dedicated to arcane magic. However, magic is a really fucking broad category. So there's a number of different ways that you could choose to do it. So in Riftwake, you know, we do have the one big academy of magic. And like, that's probably the one place that would have, you know, the library that has the collection, like massive information about the arcane arts. But something that I think would be kind of fun would be to have competing libraries. So again, before I rant on it, like, how would you potentially have a competition between multiple arcane libraries? Well, um, certain information might be hard to get your hands on, and there are different goals to gaining that information. So mm-hmm. there's this little thing in Riftwake where we do have a major library in Delmer, but 
the thing is that the goals of the library in Delmer and that that is located on um, at Blackthorn's Academy are very different. In fact, according to the history, they are even more different in the past. So the goal of Del the Delmer's uh, library, I forgot what I, what I, call, what I called it, but um, and Blackthorn's library is one is focused on power and the other is on general knowledge. So the goal of Delmer's library is that it will keep even the most heinous, uh, it will basically search out the most powerful regardless of what damage or destruction it will do and keep it open for everyone to use. While Blackthorn is a bit more, uh, he keeps the real, you know, black, dark stuff, you know, to himself in, in his own personal quarters. So, with these two uh, aspects, there are two libraries with different goals but might want similar things. So, um, well, these things might say, like, okay, let's say there's this dead mage out there, and, um, they found out that he's died. So, well, uh, somebody better go and grab his spell books, uh, send, send them along the way, uh, we got this band of adventurers, go, go, go. And you can create this plot around them sending out groups of adventurers to secure these, um, powerful sources of magical information, for, like, snatch up any bits of research that might still be about, and then keep it for themselves. So yeah, that's an idea. Indeed. So one of the just fun things to think about just by making use of libraries in your own D&D worlds is how accessible is information in general? Like, is there public schooling devoted to magic? Like, that'd make a real high magic world if that were the case. You know, or is it, like, jealously hoarded, as is, you know, the more typical description of things? And if it is more to the latter, like, if you assume then that a lot of books may well be unique just by the person who wrote them, then that means that they are very valuable commodities. So libraries might very well have like bounties on, you know, new books just to add to their collections, or even like variants of spells might be a thing that gets collected. Because something that a lot of people don't know or think about is the fact that 5th edition D&D actually does have a few variants of existing spells. So there actually are, in some of the adventures, like descriptions of, you know, so-and-so's spell. Like, that is like a tweaked version of a spell. Um, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but I know that I think it's in Storm King's Thunder. There is a variant simulacrum that costs a much more expensive material component, but does not have the restriction that you can only cast it once. So a higher cost in exchange for that variation, like that makes that spell very interesting. But what's debatably even more interesting is what that implies. Like the idea that, yes, spells can be tweaked. And of course, they did also spell that out more bluntly in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, that yes, like the magic that exists in the books, like the spells that exist are the standard magical spells that exist in a D&D &D world. There is nothing to stop a DM or even players, as long as they have the okay, to tweaking a spell to have it be a little bit different or just to describe it as looking different or perhaps to just change the element of a spell to suit a character better. Hey, All Remy. of that stuff is possible and encouraged. Yes. You just gave me an idea for a new continent idea. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> I am nervous. 
<laughs> anyway, but the idea of like that, you know, just differences in magic, like that is something that you could very much do. Like, imagine if you had some other, you know, arcane library somewhere, like put it somewhere really inhospitable. But like their whole shtick is like maybe there is like this place that is devoted to just tweaking magic and just non-standard forms of magic. So like this is the place that you go to if you're trying to, you know, unravel some mystery around, you know, a necromantic effect or where you're trying to figure out how to, you know, change a spell to do something that like it, to make it a way that you want it to be like maybe you just really have your heart set on the idea of you know being a frost wizard specifically but there's just not enough cold damage spells for your taste like then maybe you can just like go on a quest to this place and like try to find out you know how to tweak you know the fireball spell so that it does you know cold damage instead to become like a signature move for your character like there's a lot of ways that you could just take advantage of like such a type of arcane knowledge and like that's just one of the things that i love thinking about you know for the existence of arcane libraries you can have as many or as few of them as you want in your worlds you can have them have different goals different results you know different you know amounts of people there like maybe you have one library that is only you know full of this just one mysterious order who always wear you know masks and hooded cloaks so they are all completely anonymous but then you know no others are even allowed to go like into the library itself but you know their services are for hire and then the party might, you know, need knowledge that is thought to be there. So then, okay, you go there and these guys you can, can be hired to do the researchy bits for you. And doing it that way could be very helpful for, you know, a party who isn't, you know, willing to do the researchy bits of things themselves. Because one of the pros and cons of D&D is that you never really know what your party is going to latch onto and what they will not. So it is entirely possible that you have a party that just thinks that this library is really neat and like maybe they'll even just want to have like they join, you know, one of the, you know, particular libraries because this gives them like a direction in in, you know, the game. It's like maybe they do just like start going off on quests throughout the world to hunt down these rare books to bring back home and then you have this library to act as a stronghold for the party without necessarily being something that you know they themselves own it just gives them a place to call home in that situation you know or it could be a situation where your players hate you know just lore they don't care they just want to go fight things so then having a library where you can just you know, pay people to do the researchy bits for you could also be just very beneficial to a party that is more like that. In summary, regardless of whether you have just a small devoted library or just some massive place that contains all the lore of your universe, thinking about libraries and exactly how knowledge is collected in your world can be another valuable way 
to help set the culture and feel for such things in your own world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Riftwake Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.